Sword and Laser is brought to you by you. If you get a dollar's worth of value from the show, how about giving us a dollar back? Head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it is so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, amazing discussions from fans just like you. We are funded by you. Thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash sword and laser. You guys are the bomb. Woo, you blow us up in a good way. <laughs> not not literally. Please don't do that. We like, blow, living. like blowing up your Blackberry back in the 90s. Man, you're old. <laughs> Tom is so old. So uh, let's kick off the show with a little segment we like to call What Are We Drinking? Tom, uh, what is wetting your whistle this fine evening? I am having a Newcastle Brown Ale. I believe I've had it on the show before. It is, you know, imported from England. It's not a craft beer, but it's a tasty brown ale, and I'm a big fan of brown ale. I actually went to the Ralph's near my house, and they didn't have any brown ale but Newcastle. And I, I, it's not, I don't have a problem with that. I like Newcastle. It's good. Uh, but I do like to sample the craft beers, and there's some good brown ales. They were all IPA this time, though. So I was oh, like, I, I like IPA. Yeah. I like IPA, too, but I had some IPA. I wanted to get some brown ale. I'm just in that kind of mood, you know. Gotcha. I'm drinking a very nice Viognier. Um, I don't remember which one it is. I just grabbed it out of the wine fridge. That's how much you're enjoying it. I just wanted something nice and refreshing today. How do you spell that? What is Viognier? V. Uh, okay, I'm going to do this off the top of my head. I think it's V-I-O... G-N-I-E-R. Wagner. E-I-O-G-N-I-E-R. Let's see how close I was. That sounds wrong. I was right. Oh, good job. Holy moly. Okay, so that's how you spell that. All right. I think. Yeah, pretty sure. Googled it. Things came up, so it must be real. Looks real to me. <laughs> the internet says it's real. All right. Well, let's jump right into the quick burns. <laughs> We are publishing more books, but it's not a Sword and Laser anthology this time. Uh, we're debuting the Sword and Laser collection on Inkshares. Yeah, I mean, we have talked about Inkshares uh, pretty extensively over the past few months, uh, specifically in regards to our friend Gary Witta and his latest release, Abomination, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, he did that through Inkshares. Uh, we started talking to those guys, and it just seemed like a really natural fit. So we're actually doing a contest. Uh, so how this works is that we will publish, uh, actually, Inkshares is going to publish five science fiction and fantasy projects, and the ones with the most pre-orders by May 31st, 2015, we will choose our personal favorite from the top five, and that will be the debut book in our collection. Right. So the way Inkshares work is you get people to agree to order a copy. Pre-orders, yes. Yeah. And so once you've collected the most pre-orders, then Inkshares usually will publish the book. It's There's usually a limit. What we're doing for the contest is the five books that identify themselves as desiring to be part of the Sword and Laser collection uh, will... Uh, any any book that wants to be part of the collection will count and the five books with the most pre-orders out of that batch uh, will not only get published by Inkshares, they'll get a coaching session from Gary Witta mm -hmm. and then one of them that we choose based on what which one we think fits best will be the first book in the Sword and Laser collection of what we hope will be many. 
Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And that means your book will be published. It's going to be distributed in independent bookstores, Amazon, iBooks, Barnes and Noble, pretty much anywhere you can get books. And it'll say right in the book, a sword and laser book as part of the sword and laser collection, actually in your book. So it's like we are your publisher alongside with Inkshares. Um, so we're really excited about this. We're really excited to see what you guys come up with. Um, all the rules will be linked to in the show notes. Uh, you can go check those out over at swordandlaser.com on the blog. Um, and we're just really excited. And we're, uh, you know, thanks to Inkshares for letting us make this happen. Yeah. So essentially what you need to do is just come up even with an idea for a story. I mean, you have to finish it. You have to write eventually, it eventually. Yes. Uh, but you don't have to have it finished right now necessarily. Go read the FAQ uh, at inkshares.com or look for the link at swordandlaser.com uh, and, and get your work in front of an audience and possibly get it published. I mean, when they publish it, it goes into Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple store. Like it's, it's a for real publishing. I'm reemphasizing that. It's a big deal, you guys. It's going to be really fun. And I can't wait to read your stuff. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. I mean, uh, Gary was such a vocal proponent of these guys. And, oh, yeah. We can't know, thank he, him enough. He's got good taste. And and I think he's going to make a really great mentor for, for the authors. Um, and we already have uh, five submissions on the site as well. So you can go check out the ones that have already <laughs> yeah. been submitted. Don't let and, them just run away with it because they're the only five. Put yours in there too. Come on. Put yourselves in the running. Let's go. We want a real contest out of this thing. Um, so we'll be reminding you throughout the next month or so too to get your submissions in there um, because it is kind of a numbers game and uh, it's it's going to be a really fun, fun experience, I think, for everyone. And I guess we should say if you are not a writer, uh, but you're a reader, which probably more of you are, go and take, you know, do some pre-orders. Put your, put your money behind the book that you want to see happen. Absolutely. And speaking of things that we definitely want to see happen, oh. uh, we have a new excerpt. What? You just made Do a face. Do we want to have see this happen is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> we have a new excerpt uh, from The Winds of Winter, of course, uh, the upcoming George R. R. Martin Song of Ice and Fire upcoming, book. She says upcoming, with a statement. Eventually. Someday. Upcoming. You know, How I, many I, of these sample chapters have we had now? Is this the third? I believe it is the third, and I have not read any of them, and I will tell you why. Okay. I want to be surprised. Well, let me tell you what happens. Don't tell. No, no, Merit. No. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to be surprised. I get that. I get that. We have this conversation on Cord Killers all the time about spoiling uh, film and TV shows. And there's there's people who like don't even watch trailers. Right. Mm -hmm. Jeff Kanata is one of those guys. Uh, and then there's people who like actually read plot summaries on Wikipedia before they watch a television series. That's a little Andrew weird. Zarian is one of those guys. So there's like people all over the spectrum on spoilers. So I totally respect that. But if you want to be spoiled a little, I'm in the middle. I don't mind being spoiled a little. So I always read these chapters because I'm really excited about them. Yeah. I'm even just now trying to not scroll down through George R. R. Martin's website and pick up little bits of the um, yeah. Elaine chapter that we've got going here. Spoiler. Um, you just named the perspective chapter. Damn it. Ah. Ah. Um, but you know, seriously, like I think I've had a bit of a, a mind shift with this whole song of ice and fire thing. Yeah. Not that I'm not excited for it. Not that I'm not looking forward to it, mm -hmm. but now that I know that things are going to get spoiled in the TV show, 
Mm-hmm. I think my feelings of like anticipation and like need for him to rush and get the yeah. books out has lessened. A clever plan by George R. R. Martin to take Is the that weird? Off. Yeah, it's working, George. Like I've been reading all the other stuff he's been writing. He's been blogging a lot recently. Yeah. He's been doing stuff with new TV shows. And I'm like, George, you do you. You do you. Yeah. You're still not our bitch. And he's like, I already knew that, Veronica. I didn't need you to tell me. I know. He's like, I don't, need, I'm I don't need validation from you, Belmont. <laughs> uh, I'm just excited that Ant-Man is finally out. I was just, that is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> he must be so happy that Ant-Man is coming. For those of you on Not in the Know, <laughs> when we interviewed George R. R. Martin, um, he was, I, I, what did we say? Like, Because we knew he was into comic books. We knew he was a Marvel fan. We're like, which Marvel superhero do you want to see a movie made from next and he was like right away Ant-Man like I want to see the Ant-Man movie well he was talking about how he understands the impulse to want to criticize something you love when it doesn't deliver what you want and he used that as an example he's like I love the Avengers but where is (laughs) Ant-Man and now Ant-Man is here the trailer looks ridiculous oh I know ridiculous but amazing oh. amazing and ridiculous all at once hey eleanor oh, oh by the way we should thank sandra uh for submitting the uh quick burns about the chapter from winds of winter and thanks to eleanor uh for telling us that bbc radio 4 has three sets of programs celebrating the work of ursula k Le Guin. and if you didn't know you can be anywhere in the world and access bbc radio content at bbc.co.uk uh the new series includes an adaptation of the left hand of darkness which is airing now and later in this month they're going to do earth sea and eleanor wanted to credit steve who posted a thread about it in the forums oh you guys are so good with your attribution love it uh dara has made a post about how Anne Leckie has sold yet another ancillary story to Orbit, uh, which will be published in 2017. Now, we're still waiting for the third book in the ancillary trilogy, Ancillary Mercy, uh, which is due this October. Um, But the next book will still be in that universe. That's kind of all we know. And then another book coming after that will be in an unrelated universe. So we have another, at least two more books in the ancillary universe, and then another unrelated sci-fi story coming after that i'm excited for all of this uh i have been saving too too long ancillary sword and i i I can't hold back anymore i gotta i gotta read that because it's up for a hugo uh and ancillary mercy is gonna be awesome and having another ancillary to look forward to but i'm especially i almost said especially because i'm so excited i'm especially excited for Anne lecky in a different science fiction yeah. universe to see what comes out of her imagination. I know she's, she's a fantastic author, great, great writer, uh, very, um, you know, interesting takes on, on gender and science fiction. And, you know, I think that's a very valuable perspective in the sci-fi world. I'm just going to put that out there. And uh, if you are interested in the John Scalzi universe, Sandra points out the cover Meh. art. No, <laughs> yeah. They're just trolling Scalzi I'm now. Just joking. Sandra pointed out cover art and a release schedule for the end of all things novellas has been put out. Now, if you remember when the human division, the last old man's war book came out, he put it out in series. He's doing a shorter series this time. So they're kind of like four novellas that will make up the end of all things, but it is in the old man's war universe. Episode one, the life of the mind publishes June 9th. Uh, episode two, this hollow union publishes June 16th. Episode three can long endure 
Tour publishes June 23rd, and Episode 4, To Stand or Fall, publishes June 30th, and then they all get compiled in the hardcover edition, which comes out August 11th. Yay! Huzzah for Scalzi. Paul posts, uh, the Tip Tree Awards for 2014 have been announced. Uh, the Tip Tree Award is an annual literary prize for science fiction or fantasy that expands or explores our understanding of gender. Back on that note, uh, congratulations to winner Monica Brin with The Girl in the Road, a novel, and Joe Walton with My Real Children. The award also Monica has... Burn. Burn, sorry. Did I say Brin? I think so. Monica Byrne. I apologize. Um, and also uh, the award also has an honor list of mentions that interested readers might want to check out at tiptree.org. Um, yeah, so that's that's great. Um, I, I, I didn't know much about the Tiptree Awards, the James uh, Tiptree Jr. Award, uh, which is, as mentioned, an annual annual literary prize for sci-fi or fantasy um, that expands or explores understanding of gender. Um, so yeah, you can learn more about that over at their website at tiptree.org. A lot of great authors. They have a book club there as well. Oh, cool. um, if you're interested in following along with some authors that you may not be familiar with. Thank you, Paul, for exposing us to that. Uh, meanwhile, the Hugos. Yeah. We have to, we have to talk about the Hugos. The news uh, is, is that... There was a slate that was uh, promoted. It got onto the ballot. It it got onto the the nominations, and a lot of people are upset about that. Uh, except for the people who pushed the slate, who were very excited and very happy about that. Uh, there are already people withdrawing. Marcos Clus has withdrawn his uh, Hugo nominated novel *Lines of Departure* from consideration because it was one of the slate, and he says, regardless of who else has recommended the novel. Uh, um, I had no choice but to withdraw my exception, I, uh, my nomination, I mean. I cannot in good conscience accept an award nomination that I feel may not have earned solely with the quality of the nominated work. And Arnie Bellet has withdrawn her nominated story, Goodnight Stars, because she says, I find my story and by extension myself stuck in a game of political dodgeball where I'm both a conscripted player and also a ball. Wrap your head around that analogy if you can. All joy that might have come from this nomination has been co-opted, ruined or sapped away. This is not about celebrating good writing anymore, and I don't want to be a part of what it has become. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff uh, going back and forth forth it's become the gamer gate of the science fiction and fantasy book community where you have uh two sides that will not agree with each other uh accusing each other of you know awful things mm -hmm. and my take on this uh personally uh and and thank you to um uh, Aiden, who pointed out that two Hugo nominees have been disqualified due to mm -hmm. ineligibility, which is causing a huge uproar now of whether they should have been disqualified. And Ewan, Ewan uh, wanted us to talk to address this. My take is that awards are always subjective. Um, so what the organization that pushed the slate did was totally within the rules. Uh, John mm -hmm. Scalzi has a great post about that. He's like, hey, you know what? This is the way the rules were. They took advantage of the rules. That's fine. There's nothing it's, wrong it's with that. It's not the first time a slate has existed Absolutely. or multiple slates have existed. Uh, if Hugo wants to tweak their rules or not, that's up to them. Uh, it's not the first time Hugo has changed the rules of how the voting is selected, and maybe they'll do that. Uh, but to me, it's the Hugos are not a rule of physics. They're not a force of nature. They're not a moral thing. Uh, we all make our own decisions about what we think are the best books and we can decide whether we think awards are valuable or not. So I, I just tend to not tie up my identity in exterior things like brands, uh, or awards. So 
if the Hugos stop being valuable for me as an estimation of what's good, then I'll probably stop paying attention to them. There are plenty of other awards out there to pay attention as indicators of cool things to read. But if I look at this and I think, oh, this is this is interesting. And if a slate comes along like this and I find that they're expanding my my knowledge as they say they want to do, then I'll accept that. But you know, we all make our own decision about that sort of thing. You know, I'm, I, I have a hard time talking about this because I do get very angry, not with the idea of what the Hugos are about or what they should be about, but more ju- that just, you know, what has come to my attention is that there is a group of people out there who don't like the idea of there being different, different ways of expressing science fiction. You know, I mean, not everything has to be rocket ships and space battles and space operas. And for me, science fiction is about what's possible and all the different ways that the future can be possible. And there's a lot of different perspectives on that. And I think that is really valuable to have all these different perspectives and to see all these different possibilities about what the future can hold. So I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it you know, you wouldn't wanted us to be objective about this. And I can't be objective about this because I don't think it's an objective conversation. I mean, we can give you the facts. These are the facts. We've talked about the facts, but you know, like Tom said, you're going to like what you're going to like. And if the Hugos are no longer valuable for what you're interested in, then we'll move on to something else or we'll start, you know, sticking to, you know, revitalizing our listopia and finding new books to read that way. Or, you know, checking in with what other friends are reading. And we're always going to be able to find new books that are interesting that we can all talk about. And that's great. But I don't know what the future of the Hugo Awards is going to be. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing issue. I hate the fact that the sci-fi fantasy community is being split apart like this, you know, especially since we're all, all of us are in, in ways, <laughs> fragile, sensitive nerds that yeah, you know, and- turn to sci-fi and fantasy because we're a little bit different and we're a little bit quirky and, and that should be something that should be a binding agent, not something that like further rips us apart. The best elements of the people supporting the slate uh, say that what they want is more inclusion. They talk about novel tie-ins, like a Star Wars novel tie-in is never one, et cetera. And that, that's great. If anything that you hear or talk about that is about more inclusion and exposing you about more things to read, I'm for. And I don't care what side it's for. Anything that's about we need to go back in time or we need to be clickish, uh, and I don't care what side it's from. Uh, that that I'm I'm not for. And and really, the reason I'm not motivated or activated or incensed by any of this is that that's what that's awards do. I mean, the Oscars have gone through this. They're the template for like, oh, it's it's a click, you know, all the way back into the 20s. Uh, and and mm-hmm. then they try to modify it and be more inclusive or, you know, change how it operates or, or whatever. That's just the nature of doing awards. You're always going to have some group feeling left out and trying to rebel and get their voice heard. And, and that's nothing new. Like you said, there've been slates before there've been campaigns before. And whenever there's anything that's democratic, people try to figure out how to game that system to to their own ends. Right. And so you come up with new ways of voting and selecting. So to me, this is all a very natural process. But the name calling, all the name calling and, and, you know, the, the shit flung from both sides is just so disgusting and childish and grow up, you know, people, this is not, 
It's not the end all be all. Yes, the Hugos are steeped in history. Yes, they've been around for many decades. Yes, they've launched many people's careers, but it is not, you know, we live in a different time now where we can bring up unknown authors through the power of social media and blogs and podcasts and like a Hugh Howie, for example, you know, you know, five, six years ago, Hugh Howie never would have been, could have been an award-winning author because he was sending out books to publishers and not getting picked up. It wasn't until he had the ability to self-publish and get his name out there himself that he found success. You know, this is a different time that we live in. Maybe we don't need these awards anymore in the same yeah, way. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, I'm not, I'm not and, and don't take that the wrong way. We're not saying, you know, end the Hugos by saying no, that. I'm not saying kill We're the Hugos. We're just saying like the, what's, what's existed for longer than the Hugos is writing and storytelling. Uh, and at, at Sword and Laser, I like to think that's what we're about is helping each other find all kinds of cool news stories <laughs> and people in the forums too are like well what you guys were going to do a best of sword and laser awards why don't you just do that i mean yes that is definitely something we've talked about and maybe that would just be fun for for us and for the show listeners um so there's a lot of work that goes into that kind of thing though it's it's definitely a lot of added you know yeah, yeah. Busy yeah. work on our plate. And I don't think um, I'd ever but, set up anything we did as being authoritative on what is best. No. It would just be what we all as a book club, uh, you know, thought was interesting. And yeah, good. the Lemmy. The Lemmy. The, the 2015 Lemmy. Wait, yeah. that would be bad. You wouldn't want to win the Lemmy. The Lemmy. Oh, yeah. I guess the <laughs> Lemmy, I mean, in the original source of the term would go yeah. to the book you didn't want to finish. <laughs> That'd be like, what do they call it? The uh, Razzie? It'd be like the Razzie yeah, yeah, sci-fi like fantasy world. You don't want to win that. Or maybe you do because you have a sense of humor about yourself. Well, thank you to everybody, uh, including Ewan, uh, for for weighing in on this issue on the forums and for helping us pick the quick burns and for telling us to you what you think it's what this is all about. So with that, shall we bear our swords? Yes. Yeah, so we got an email from Kristoff uh, who says, just a quick heads up that the Discworld Reading Order Guide now has an official Facebook page. Uh, we are gearing up towards releasing the final, sad, I know, 3.0 version of the guide soon, and we'll be taking suggestions for the draft on the r slash Discworld subreddit and on Facebook once the draft is published. Looking forward to hearing from the Sword and Laser Project fans. Uh, so yeah, if you head over to that, I think we talked about the guide like a long time ago. Um, Yes, we definitely did. We've talked about this numerous times now. Um, the uh, If you look at the posters, you can see all the connections between the various series within the Discworld books, you know, suggested reading orders. Um, you know, it's not, def it's pretty close to definitive <laughs> if you believe in that kind of thing. If you want a, a very If you're looking for the, yeah, the, the uh, if you're like, I need an order, I am the kind of person who needs an order, then yes. I demand order. By the way, uh, you changed it when you read it, but he wrote GNS Pratchett fans. He he sent the same email to Geek and Sundry, didn't he? He probably did. <laughs> he probably did. Or he just doesn't pay attention enough to, to Sword and Laser to know what Geek Whatever. and Sundry anymore. Hey, uh, we could be so associated. I'm going to edit his letter for the show notes and make it Sword and Laser. If we Pratchett could be fans. associated with Geek and Sundry still in any way, I'm happy. Well, I am kind of. I know. Well, exactly. Even Fashionable Fantasy is kind of independent now, too. <sighs> it's, a good, right. it's a good halo effect to have. It is a good halo effect. Uh, let's jump over to a thread started by Rob. Um, it seems as though he has uh, started doing what comics are you reading every month? Um, so this is separate from the traditional what else are you reading threads that we do every month. I fear change, Veronica. Comics? 
Don't be scared, Tom. It's good. No, I don't know. Just because we don't know anything about comics doesn't mean that our listeners. I read don't. some comics sometimes. You've, you've written some comics. I did write a comic, actually. You're right. I almost forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I read to self-promote, Tom. Way to I, <laughs> maybe that's why it's not still going. I read uh, The Walking Dead and I read Infinity Gauntlet recently. And I used to read Why the Last Man, although I haven't read, I haven't finished it. And I loved Irredeemable uh, and and its associated spinoff. Well, Sky is also reading The Walking Dead, uh, Compendium 1, as well as Saga, Volume 1, which were both from the Humble Bundle. Um, I've been interested in reading Saga myself, so I might check that out. Uh, Jasprit just finished reading The Infinity Gauntlet, The Thanos Quest, and The Silver Surfer, Rebirth of Thanos. Thanos? Thanos? Good preparation for watching uh, Avengers and its ancillary movies. There you go. And let's see. movies. started reading uh, Mouse Guard, The Black Axe. Um, a lot of good stuff here, you guys. You should definitely check it out if you're interested in, in reading some new comics and seeing what else is out there outside of the traditional sci-fi fantasy literary world. Yeah, good stuff. Nice thread. Thanks for doing that. Should we jump into the book discussion? Let's do. I'm very excited. Yes. Yeah, so this month, of course, we are reading Weird Sisters by Terry Pratchett, which is book two of the um, witches books. And, and I think also six, I think of, of book the entire... six of, of Discworld overall in terms of publish date, publish order. Yeah, publish order. I am near the end of this. I'm about 35 percent of the way through. Love it. Good. Adore it. Uh, it is scratching the Douglas Adams itch on the fantasy side, which mm -hmm. anybody who's read Terry Pratchett is just rolling their eyes at me like, Tom, we've been telling you this for decades. What's wrong <laughs> with you? Uh, yes, I am a first time. Well, not first time. We read uh, Good Omens, but first time in Discworld, Terry Pratchett reader. And I am ashamed of myself now that I didn't find this earlier that I didn't embrace it earlier. People have been telling me I'd love it. And I kind of knew I would love it since long before I ever did podcasts. Mm -hmm. Like even when I worked in bookstores in Austin and, uh, and yeah, so now I feel I regret my life, Veronica. No, I wasted it. Not reading Discworld. No, Hey, you're a busy guy. It's understandable. You've <laughs> no, got seriously, a lot going these are, on. These are so good. Like it's exactly my kind of, of writing style and dry humor and the, the Shakespearean illusions in here. Mm -hmm. I just really enjoy it. The jokes are really funny. And this is not my first experience with Pratchett. I read uh, the Tiffany Aching novels um, and I should have jumped into the We Free Men after that, but I didn't because I just didn't have time. Uh, but the audiobooks of those of that series were phenomenal. Have heard some complaints in the forums about the audiobook for Weird Sisters. Apparently, I like it. I read those you, complaints you, though, you, and there, yeah, yeah, and there's so many people that I'm like, well, it's a real thing. Like more than one person is having that same reaction, but I have not had that reaction at all. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard it myself, so I can't make a judgment call. But um, I'm I'm doing the Kindle version this time around, and yeah, the humor is great. I don't feel like I've picked up in the middle of a story, which is nice, and which a lot of people said would be the case that you would not feel that way. No, I don't either. It yeah. would be the case that you would not feel that way about jumping into right. the middle of the story, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it feels like a standalone book. It yes. And um, I other complaints include feeling as though there's no real story within the story. What? I feel like I feel like there's a story like it's just an excuse to do humor. That, that, I, that one I don't get. I mean, there are certainly situations 
where he has them say things to make the joke that they probably wouldn't say if they were real witches or whatever, right? But I find that stuff hilarious. It's what I love about Douglas Adams. So to me, that's just a taste thing. But there is definitely a story. It's a classic story. It's a retelling of a story out of myth and time. Like, maybe it's not told as seriously as you would like. Maybe that's why they get that reaction. I don't know. Maybe. Um, You know, I was really looking for someone to come on the show today and talk about Pratchett. So we have to... if. If you're out there, Mm. if you are a person who is really into Terry Pratchett, you know the Discworld world very well. Um, If you want to come on the show and chat about it for the next episode, I think that would be really fun. Uh, So just email us feedback at swordandlaser.com. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm totally enjoying the book so far. I'm getting a big kick out of it. Uh, My reading is going slow this month, though. I haven't even started the Vaginal Fantasy pick yet, and I'm not even halfway through our pick. Um, So (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll catch up. I swear. That's another reason to do audiobooks, right? I'm listening to Prudence by Gail Carriger in audiobook right now because it's amazing and I love Gail Carriger. Yeah. So that's eating up a lot of my, that's eating up my ear time. Um, so I, I made that mistake, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't not listen to Prudence because I was looking forward to it so much. Is McGrath in the Tiffany Aching novels, by the way? Um, or any Granny of the other Weatherwax, Granny I Weatherwax. believe is. Okay. Yeah, they might all be mentioned. Um, I'm pretty sure. Nanny Og. Yeah, I think they're all in because they kind of recruit Tiffany or like help her a little bit. It's been a long time since I've read the books, but I recognize the names when we jumped in. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was related. When I read them, I knew that the witches were from the witches series. So I knew that they were the same witches. Now, Brendan uh, posted up in our quick burns, actually, that uh, Discworld graffiti is showing up all over London as a tribute. Uh, There's a mural that has a picture of Pratchett and tons of characters from Discworld, and it is the work of muralists Dr. Zadok and Jim Vision. Uh, They have a Facebook page, actually, facebook.com slash jimvision1. It was made in Bristol. I'm sorry, those, those are in London, and then there is a Bristol mural that was made by the artist Fiverr. So... That's pretty cool. Yeah, they're beautiful. Uh, I kind of want to go. I mean, I always want to go to London anyway, but I kind of want to go visit and look at them. Yeah, no, I I saw that in the lineup and I was checking them out and they're really cool. There's death and this other we free men and all sorts of, of little nods to to the yeah. series. Um, we also have a post from Joanna who says, I saw this article a little while ago. I think it ties in with some of our discussion about his humor. Um, It's a post about Neil Gaiman talking about Terry Pratchett's inspiration. And she says, Joanna says, one key paragraph for the busy. He will rage as he leaves against so many things, stupidity, injustice, human foolishness and short sightedness, not just the dying of the light and hand in hand with the anger, like an angel and a demon walking into the sunset. There is love for human beings in all our fallibility for treasured objects, for stories and ultimately and in all things, love of human dignity. Um, And she goes on to say, one of the things. I love about Discworld is that it's socially conscious. It entertains, but in between the cracks, it begs us to have empathy. It begs us to care about those that are different from ourselves. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't say it better. Well done, uh, Joanna. Great paragraph that she mm-hmm. picked to excerpt from that. It's an excellent article. You, I highly recommend going and reading it. He talks about Neil and it's when Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett were touring in support of Good Omens and they were at a book signing at a bookshop. And I'm trying to figure out which bookshop because it was in San Francisco. And they say it looked like their next appointment, which was at a radio station, was nearby. Mm-hmm. So Pratchett 
uh, suggested that they walk. And apparently it took them like twice as long to walk as anyone who's ever lived in San Francisco knows it always does yeah. uh, to get from point A to point B. They said it was mostly through a park. So I'm thinking it must have been somewhere around the panhandle of Golden Gate Park, maybe. Anyway, uh, they ended up being late for the radio interview. Uh, they upset the radio people. Pratchett was angry. and that's He was how, very cranky. Yeah. That's how Neil Gaiman gets into talking about Terry Pratchett as not being jolly. Jolly is not the right word, but how he was an amazing guy. Yeah, I remember that story. I think we, gosh, when did we talk about it? Or when did we hear about it? I remember hearing that story so clearly. Probably when we did Good Omens. It must have been, yeah. It probably came up around then is my guess. That's funny. Um, But yeah, so if you haven't picked up uh, Weird Sisters yet, there's still plenty of time left in the month if you want to hop in. It's a relatively quick read, as most of Discworld novels are. Um, So if you want to jump in the discussion over at goodreads.com slash the sword and laser, there is still time. Please do. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Anything else, Tom, you want to touch on? Uh, I will be dictating, I've decided just now, actually, the (laughs) next pick. Uh, When when I was there for our Borderlands meetup in San Francisco uh, a couple weeks ago, I ran this idea by a few people. So a few people know what I'm talking about, and they seemed positive. But I I want one last piece of feedback, as your Caesar in this case. Uh, I'm going to pick a book that is available as an Audible audiobook. And as a used book, but not a Kindle ebook and not a currently in print book. You should be able to get a print version. Mm -hmm. uh, But I know because previously a different book, not the one I want to pick, was not available as an ebook. It caused some people to be very uh, upset. I feel very strongly that we should pick books based on their value and why we want to read them, not what format they may be available in. And that that would the only exception would be that would if something's like so rare that you would have to pay like hundreds of dollars to find a copy of it. Um, so let me know. I I know there will be those of you who are going to say, no, don't do that. I want to know how many of you that is. Uh, mm-hmm. So so let me know on the forums. OK. Sound, uh, do we get to know what book it is? Like that may sure, affect you know, people. Should I just decisions. throw it out there? I sure. want to read uh, a Lee Brackett book. The Sword of Rhiannon uh, mm-hmm. is the one I want to pick. I might, I could do a different Lee Brackett, but almost none of her books are in print. Certainly not the best of her books are in print or the best examples. Lee Brackett wrote the first draft of The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, her books were very inspirational for all kinds of science fiction uh, writers. Uh, she she. churned out a ton of books uh, and a lot of people didn't realize that she was a woman uh, writing in the 50s and 60s so badass yeah a lot of history a lot of science fiction history involved in reading her and that's why I want to pick her Awesome. Well, I can, I can definitely get behind that. I think that's, that's awesome. But yeah, I don't know how people will react to that. Um, that's why I'm so asking. let us know. Where did you say uh, you wanted people to send in their information? I'll, I'll, well, don't send me your information. Send me your social <laughs> security number. I'll let you, no, I'll, I'll start a thread. I'm going to start it right now, actually okay. at Goodreads. That sounds, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, all right. Wow. Oh, I spelled sword wrong. That's probably why the problem, what problem I was having was. Oh, you're trying uh, to get to our site? 
Yeah, I was trying to get to the Goodreads site, and I was like, why? Why is our site down? It's gone. Our site is gone. (laughs) That's terrible. Um, But anyway, yeah, so that that about wraps it up for this episode. Of course, our show is currently funded entirely by our patrons at patreon.com slash sword and laser. Uh, Thank you guys all so much for contributing. Um, It's been been a really wonderful experience. You get to hear our hilarious jingle if you are a patron. Patron. Gosh, I cannot say patron. Patrons will support the show. The show. Your audio got like a little like tweaky there and it it? sounded, it it made you sound actually like much more robotic. Dalek-y. Yeah, (laughs) it was good. Um, So yeah, thank you. And you can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to all the books we talk about and some of our personal favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. And if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is swordandlaser.com is, uh, no, that's our website address, Veronica. That is a website address, though. It is, but it is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Um, you can head over to goodreads.com slash swordandlaser to jump into the discussion. And if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, the phone number is 415-7-SWORD-6. And don't forget, head over to Inkshares. All the information is over on the blog. If you want to submit your story for a chance to be published as the very first in the Sword and Laser collection, on ink shares uh, more info about that coming up in in the next few weeks thanks guys we'll see you next time bye bye about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.